Hello, lovelies. Today, I will shift your paradigm and blow your mind because we've been living in and fooled by a half-truth for all of our lives, which is why we might have missed one of the biggest threats to humanity. Now, this topic is a focal point in Hekka, impacting not only our ability to perform magic, but extending far beyond that. Let me attempt to summarize what it is. In our current day, the prevailing paradigm is firmly rooted in materialism. Now, you might think that's boring, (laughs) which it is kind of, but it's likely because you haven't truly grasped the implications. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to guide you through it. So what does materialism mean and why should you care? Well, let's start with the definition, and I'll have somebody better than me do it for you. And here is Rupert talking about paradigm as it pertains to science. One effective way to comprehend the shifts between these paradigms is to consider the insights of Thomas Kuhn, whose seminal work, The Structure of Scientific Revolutions, asserted that science revolves around the concept of a paradigm. What Kuhn showed is that at any given time there's a shared model of reality uh, which explains certain phenomena but also sets limits on what fits in. Right now, science is still dominated by the materialist theory of nature and of consciousness which says that the only reality is material matter and that matter is unconscious. That means that the very existence of consciousness is problematic. That's why it's called the hard problem in philosophy of mind. The very fact we're conscious, we ought not to be, according to materialism. Um, So the materialist theory says that minds are nothing but the activity of brains. Therefore, phenomena like uh, telepathy and um, precognition ought not to happen. Yet, they do. So... Uh, That paradigm means that the evidence for these things is embarrassing. It would overthrow the paradigm if it were true. So the way to react to that is to pretend they don't exist. Uh, Sweep the evidence under the carpet, say it's all been discredited, classified as pseudoscience, and so on. I mean, this is the way that um, scientists tend to behave. Uh, But it's not particularly shocking. It's just the way that science has always worked. It's always had this uh, dogmatic insistence on a particular model. Okay, so the doctrine of materialism states that nothing exists except matter and its movements and modifications. Yep, it may sound simplistic, but the doctrine is dominant, operative, and active across various arenas. It shapes our mindset, acting as a box with rules about what we can think about, study, or even get funded to study. Here are arenas in which the materialist view is dominant. Science, as Rupert pointed out, natural sciences, psychology, neuroscience, economics, philosophy of science, sociology, and history. And you might have heard me talk about this before because we are literally the most materialist paradigm trying to get our heads around ancient Egypt, which is literally the least. And because of that, we are missing a lot about ancient Egypt. 
well, not we, we're onto it, but, you know, <laughs> other people. So basically, here's the point, right? You've heard that saying, garbage in and garbage out. Well, while it's not quite that bad, it's still half truth in, half truth out, which is why we still have, for example, the problem of, or the hard problem of consciousness today. With all of our scientific prowess, we still can't get it. And this is because of materialism's basic tenets. Okay, so the first one is that reality is fundamentally composed of physical matter. And everything, including our thoughts and consciousness, can ultimately be explained in terms of material substances. And I think everybody listening to this knows that that's not right. But anyway... Reductionism is also a problem because materialism tends to favor reductionist approaches, seeking to break down complex phenomena into simpler physical components. And as I pointed out last week, the simplest answer is not always the best one. It also, materialism, also rejects the supernatural. It rejects explanations that are supernatural and and entities that are supernatural. And as we will see later, this is where we get into problems. And it posits that mental phenomena such as consciousness and thoughts are ultimately products of physical brain processes. Now, it uses a scientific method, which is wonderful, except that science tends to bound experiments to a very few controllable, measurable factors that it can manage or get its arms around. I mean, like, you know, life doesn't have just three factors, does it? Life has like a million and you can see why they do it. It makes science manageable. But this means that a lot of and specific kinds of data is left on the table. So to recap, a paradigm, or another word for it really is mindset, is a box, a container that has rules about what we are and what we are not allowed to talk about, think about, study, or get funded to study. Now, the important point is just because it prevails doesn't mean that it's always been this way. It doesn't mean that it's true either. Anyway, <laughs> but here's where it gets interesting. Our paradigm not only poses problems for us, but it poses challenges for entities like the CIA, especially when engaging in things like psychic warfare, an arena that isn't exactly material. Olin M. McKelvey, Lieutenant Colonel, delves into psychic warfare in a document called Psychic Warfare. It's kind of like uh, the Stargate document that goes into the MK Ultra and the Gateway experience, right? But this one's on psychic warfare. And even in it, he highlights how our mindset, as well as extreme secrecy and disjointed research, hinder the pursuit of the truth about Psy. And other things magical, really, that they would like to use for, well, evil, I guess. <sighs> so the CIA cares, but why should you? 
because we're missing crucial data that could be transformed into knowledge and wisdom. Did you know that ancient Egyptians had full knowledge or holistic knowledge? That is the knowledge of both the material and the spiritual that we've kind of kicked out of our modern science, right? In fact, the truth is, is that beneath the material or modern chemistry, astronomy, and psychology that we consider to be just the action of the brain, that the ancients possessed knowledge of transcendental astronomy that they called astrology, transcendental chemistry called alchemy, and a transcendental psychology encapsulated in their books of the netherworld or dead. One great example of this, as I've mentioned before, is that Lily Kalisko uh, was a scientist who was actually studying the effects of the planetary positions on chemical reactions. So we're starting to get into it, but this is an area of science that the Egyptians had full possession of and mastery over. They possessed inner knowledge as well as outer, esoteric as well as exoteric, or those things which have become occulted to us today, giving them the ability to achieve remarkable feats. Now, the one aspect that I want to focus on today is materialism's rejection of the supernatural, because it's important. Materialism typically dismisses the supernatural. Because traditionally, the supernatural, by definition, is attributed to forces beyond scientific. So once again, science discards the data because it's not material and measurable by a ruler. And because of that, we're left with a hearth truth. And here's the problem. We'll play a little mind experiment, shall we? Imagine for a moment that humanity had a parasite a parasite that is nasty and evil, wicked and fiendish. (sighs) But anyway, let's just imagine that the human soul does not completely fill up the human container. So there's a little bit of extra room in there. And before birth, this parasite sneaks into the human body and resides there alongside the human soul. For the entire life of the human before birth and up until almost death. What's interesting about this parasite is that it operates in the non-physical realm at a subconscious level and it's very, very smart. So if you were a non-material, subconscious, highly intelligent creature and you wanted to hide, you did not want to be discovered, how might you do that? How would you hide or guarantee at least that humans would have a hard time finding you? Is there a way that you could stop them looking for you where you hide? Is there a way in which you could put restrictions on humans on where they're allowed to look? And if your host ever became suspicious that something might be going on, they wouldn't even think of looking over there. 
perhaps you create a prison. And I don't mean a physical prison, right? I mean a mental prison, a metaphorical prison of ideas and concepts, society and culture that would prevent your host from looking over there. Speaking of looking over there, this kind of blew my mind because when I tell people I'm interested in magic, they're like, oh, do a trick. And I'm like, no, 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 not that kind of magic, the other kind of magic. But consider this for a moment, okay? This other kind of magic relies on powerful psychological illusion. The magician creates their tricks by exploiting gaps and errors in our perception. For example, magicians use misdirection to manipulate what you attend to, and this allows them to control what you see and what you miss. Doesn't that sound like something you might do if you're a highly intelligent parasite? Isn't that exactly what you might do? <laughs> now, I know this all sounds very invasion of the body snatches, right? But why did I bring it up? Well, I brought it up for two reasons. One, because Rudolf Steiner, who I'm a huge fan of, introduced me to this concept. And he made it very clear that this information has been suppressed for humanity for the very simple reason that the secret brotherhoods do not believe that we could handle the truth, basically. And he also believed that now in this time, well, a hundred years ago, really, he said this, but now it still applies, <laughs> was the time of this information, this spiritual intelligence should come out and we should be aware of it. But he's not the only one. Carlos Castaneda talks about it and Cliff Fye talks about it. But the other person I'm going to talk who talks about it is my favorite right now. In a letter, Ingo Swan wrote, well, it was in May 1973, and it's now in his archives at the University of West Georgia, and I'll pop a link to it below. He calls out two things. One, that money is being directed to possible biological automata and effective mind control systems as part of questionable motives of invisible benefactors working towards economic control of the planet. And two, that we are not alone on this planet. So let me just say that again questionable motives of invisible benefactors working towards economic control of the planet. Okay, so that was 50 years ago. And what are we seeing right now? <laughs> kind of like an economic control of the planet is in play, right? So it's something to think about, I think. <laughs> And two, we're not alone, right? Okay, so a lot of that is going on. So I guess what he's alluding to is a group of actors now called non-human entities or non-human intelligences and a group of human actors not only in contact via some sort of extrasensory means but more dangerously conspiring with them in the most egregious of ways possible. So how are we supposed to do anything about this? How are we supposed to fix it if we're not even allowed to look into the places where they 
exist? Well, I've been really lucky because working on ancient Egypt, the least materialistic culture, and reading lots of Shuala de Lubitsch and trying to adopt, as he says, a pharaonic mindset have helped me crack open the veil of materialism. And so I'm able to start playing in these other realms. And this is really my goal for you, my lovelies, is to poke a hole in your veil so that you can start noticing things like how you knew who was going to ring you before the phone rang or how you know your child is in trouble on the other side of the world. How are these things possible in a materialist paradigm? So start thinking about it, darling. Pop your fingers in that veil. Start pulling it away. And who knows, you might end up even doing magic. More soon, lovelies. Hello, lovelies. I am so excited to announce the release of our new film called Heka. Heka looks at the magic of ancient Egypt and how that pertains to the story of ancient Egypt and fills in a whole new perspective that we have been missing collectively for hundreds of years. It features Gordon White, Chance Gardner, Joseph Patrick Farrell, Lon Milo Duquette, Tobias Churton, Graham Hancock, of course, the fabulous John Anthony West, Rupert Sheldrake, Stephen Skinner, Thomas Sheridan, Peter Mark Adams, Thomas Joseph Brown, Aton Veggie, Mog Morton, Bernardo Catstrop, Shauna Home, Mark Passio, John Seraki, and the goddess Joanna Kujawa. I am so incredibly proud of it, and I invite you to come and have a look. You can find a link on MagicalEgypt.com.
It's so funny how the immaterial has become.